Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Danny Shapiro, and this is The Way We Live Now. Today is day 97 since weekends have meant anything. And day 45 of this podcast. I live in an area of rural New England where there are many farms and farm stands, where the commitment when possible to eat local is strong. I've wanted to have a farmer on the show since the beginning. So today I'm happy to say that my guest is Patrick Horan, whose family owns and runs Waldingfield Farm in Washington, Connecticut. Patrick, thank you so much for joining me to talk about the way we're living now. Thank you so much for having me. So could you describe for me where you are while we're having this conversation, what you're looking at, what you're surrounded by? I'm in our office, uh, which is in our, our barn, our main farm barn here at Waldingfield. It's on the first floor of a big open-spaced barn. I think it's rather lovely. Um, I'm surrounded by... Uh, Things which remind you of farming, but also things which remind you of being a citizen. There's a portrait of Thomas Jefferson I I got from my grandfather, which sits here. A Jasper Johns replica of a a painting of American flag and books and all the other accoutrements of running a business. It's one of the places where I come to, to get away from when the farm work becomes uh, intense, I come here and it's a place I sit often. And I look at pictures of the farm, which are on the wall and pictures of my family. And yeah, it's a pretty special place for me. Mm, Sounds like a safe haven. It is. So tell me about Wallingfield Farm, its history a little bit and a sense of the landscape and what you're growing there. Waldingfield Farm has been in my family 
uh, for the last century. It was purchased by my great-grandfather, a lawyer from New York City, who uh, was looking for a place to spend his summers, or more importantly, for his family to spend their summers. And he purchased an old dairy farm, which it turns out from a cousin. Technically, the Smiths have been here since 1730, which is a long time given our, our brief history of our country. But uh, in 1990, my older brother Daniel announced to the family that he was, upon graduating from college, was going to start a, an organic vegetable farm at what was then our grandparents' country house. And uh, the farmland had been leased out to, to local dairy farms. And, you know, it was a working environment. But in essence, for our family, it was a a gathering spot to see my grandparents. And uh, this was in 1990. And my twin, Quincy, and I were freshmen in college. And we signed on for summer work with my brother, Daniel, with our brother. And um, I don't think anybody anticipated that 31 years later, we would have this kind of sprawling working farm again. And uh, we grow organic vegetables and we started on a quarter acre. And now we're about 25 acres of vegetable production. And we do about 50 acres of hay as well. It's one of those things, for lack of a better word, it actually grew organically out of a very small idea. Lo and behold, it became my life's work um, when it wasn't necessarily so when I was 20. I wasn't thinking that this would be when I'm 50 is where I would be, but uh, I am, and, and it's reminiscent like a lot of the corner of Connecticut where we're from uh, it looks a lot like parts of England which is what it's named after Waldenfield is a little hamlet in Suffolk England where an ancestor of ours is from when my great-grandfather purchased it there were no trees here so it was just all these rolling hills and pasture and now it's filled in a lot but well I often tell people I have a pretty nice office <laughs> and that's uh <laughs> very fortunate for that. When did you realize that this was going to be the course that your life was going to take? I think sometimes in life you, you, you find your, your path because somebody else introduces it to you. In this case, it was our older brother. You know, I went to college and got an English degree and, and went to graduate school for theater and I wanted to be an actor. and Tried that for a decade or so, but that's a tough go. <laughs> um, but all the while, I was still coming back to the farm during the summer and participating in its growth while my twin uh, ran what was then a pretty small operation. And um, in 2005, I realized that you know my day job when I was living in New York City, pursuing theater and, and film and television and my day job was accidental. I was working at a trading firm because that's what apparently most farmers do. They work at trading firms. <laughs> but I, uh, I realized that just wasn't what I wanted to do. And I, and, I, and I had a passion for food. I had a passion for organic production. And, and this was something which correlated to this growing movement of sustainability transparency in the food space, uh, 
And this excitement around restaurants and farmers markets and CSAs, which are, you know, the share program, which a lot of farms that I know and respect operate under. I just met my future wife and I announced to her that I was leaving New York City in the safety and security of a good paying office job and was going to be a, no longer be a, a weekend farmer. I was going to be a full-time farmer with my brother. And I came back and I've never regretted it. I think that the, I think it was, it was something which, which chose me. It just tapped me on the shoulder and said, this is what you need to do. Mm. I see a lot of similarities between somebody who pursues this type of work or somebody who pursues art. If you're in it for the glory and you're in it for celebrity, this is the wrong gig. Those can come as a byproduct of luck or, or hard work, but this is a, this is a craft. Like a lot of people, uh, seem to have, we've seemed to have removed ourselves from the idea that craft takes time where we live in a very immediate gratification culture. And, you know, you, you just can't be a great farmer overnight. You can't be a great writer or an actor or a sculptor or anything which pursue or, you know, any of the guilds like blacksmiths, et cetera. They take somebody who will show you, will take the time to, uh, to nurture that. And you, know, you fast forward to today, I've often told people that one of the things that I grow is new farmers. Mm. And I take, I, I take that very seriously. When people come to work for us, I want them to think very seriously of this as a vocation which is worth pursuing. How has the pandemic uh, these last three months impacted your life as a farmer? Mm, that's a really good question. This has been a, an extraordinarily challenging time for all of us from all stations of life. Back in early March, when things were getting uh, a little frisky, both in the media and, and, and kind of closer to home, when the, this idea of a pandemic was becoming a reality, I didn't quite anticipate that the farm was going to have this extraordinary rush of business appreciation by our community. One of our markets, and I'll preface this by saying that our farm does two markets all year round. We do one in New York City in Brooklyn in the Greenpoint neighborhood and one in New Haven. So we're, you know, we're producing food indoors in these grow tunnels all winter and we have storage crops and things like that. And the New Haven market decided to shut down for a couple of weeks because they didn't really quite know what to do. And our farm manager, uh, who he and I and my brother Q, we sat down and said, well, we have product. Why don't we just open up the barn and create the store we've talked about and see if anybody responds? And they did. They kept coming once we announced that we were open. Mm -hmm. I'm sure some of it was born out of fear of going to supermarkets and there was such uncertainty. And this kind of lovely you know, post and beam barn 
of ours was an inviting and oddly uh, familiar place to shop mm-hmm. for people. They felt secure. We started to see all these people come in on a daily basis. We opened up five days a week and then six days a week. And, you know, we didn't have a ton. We had lovely greens and we had you know, potatoes and carrots and, and things which were the overwintered crops, the storage crops, beets. And then we started to cooperate with some of our friends whose their own particular models were affected by the shutdown of food service, restaurants being shut down. These were farms which didn't go to markets all winter, had traditionally relied on selling locally to restaurants to make their, their money. And we started buying from them and promoting them here. And we created a little store based around what's available in New England in March. I don't know whether people were coming here because they really believe in sustainable farming and and, and really wanted to get behind the farm, but I appreciate the fact that they found us. We've benefited greatly. I'm not going to lie. For a couple of weeks, I felt a little guilty. My wife's business, my wife is in the production world, and you know we, we had come back from vacation in early March, and her entire year had been scrapped. All of the events that she was attached to with her company were canceled. And it was a very nervous time. It was a very nervous time. I make a joke, you know, she makes the bacon and I grow the veggies. But this was a significant issue. And all of a sudden during this incredibly difficult moment, my world was was doing, you know, late summer numbers. We were just, because we were ready. We were just, we were nimble enough and we were ready and people started to arrive. And We've kept that going. I think that, you know, one of the benefits of having been a business around town and around the county for the last 30 years is that finally, and I hate to say that it took a pandemic to do it, but finally people found us. Mm. That's extraordinarily rewarding financially aside, you know, put that aside. It's rewarding to have people come in and say, thank you for what you do. I never knew you were here. I'd heard about you, but I'm really glad I found you. Mm. And that's been happening on a regular basis. And, and going back to that idea of when, if you, if you question about what the decisions you've made in life, I'm never going to question it again. Because mm. people have responded like, well, thank you. This is, thank you for what you and your brothers and your family are doing here. Yeah. Like not, not necessarily on, on the timetable that you might have first anticipated, but, you know, life on life's timetable, right? The concept of life's work. A lot of people spend a long time trying to justify what they're doing. This pandemic has shown our farm and the our manager and our employees and, and one of the side one of the things we've been able to employ, which is extraordinary. You know, mm. we've been able to actually add workers because people were coming here and we could afford to do it. You know, we're usually super lean in the spring. You know, when you really need capital. <laughs> um, I just think that. My peers, uh, the people with whom I, I hold huge respect, who put in long hours, often for very little glory, they've all, most of them, have experienced a very similar uptick in their business, in their community's recognition of what they do. When we started farming in 1990, there were nine dairy farms in Washington, Connecticut. There are none today. Mm-hmm. 
And those those fellows were like, oh, these organic farmer guys are showing up. And they kind of giggled and, you know, they're out of business and mm-hmm. we're still going. And I, I wish they were still in business. That's a whole other separate matter. And, you know, my older brother who, who founded the farm, he, he started a dairy company for the sole reason that, you know, he wanted to ensure that, you know, farmers in the Northeast could survive. And I'm certainly conscious of that. We live in this bucolic area which is has a long rich agrarian tradition but there aren't many farms left right i think that's probably part of too why you know the people who had heard of you but hadn't found you have finally found you and and are appreciating waldingfield farm because yeah there's a slowness that has descended upon all of us in a way and mm-hmm. an appreciation during these times that are so troubling and painful in so many ways an appreciation for, and this is going to sound so corny, but the small things, the perfect piece of lettuce, a, a salad that was sure. picked that morning, and people are inhabiting their lives and inhabiting their homes in a different way because they've been forced to, and then there are gifts that come out of that, I think. It's very easy to get caught up in the chaos of the big world. There's a lot going on right now, which is, is troubling. And, but there's also a lot going on, which is, which brings you joy and brings a sense of gratitude to the people who provide that joy. I've made a conscious decision to, to shed that negativity, which we all carry at times. And I've, I've tried really hard to think about how, how, how lucky I am um, not take that for granted, work hard, but also uh, pass it down, instill within others that, you know, the collective is a lot better than being alone. Mm. And those little moments, whether it's um, one of the young kids who work, I call them kids, these are in college, uh, kids who work for somebody came to me recently and said, you know, I didn't know hoeing 500 feet of Swiss chard could be so gratifying. <laughs> and that's it. That's, um, that's the little moment. Yeah. You know, that's the 45 minutes with one other person probably working quietly and just completing a task and checking it off the list and then moving on to the next. And you build those small moments and then you've had this, this wonderful day or this wonderful week. I'm trying to build my own Bible, so to speak. You know, you, the idea of you, you collect your Bible and you bring that all in, and that's your experience. Mm-hmm. And if you have this book at the end of your life mm-hmm. that you can draw upon and then maybe hand down to somebody, they'll get an idea of like, this is what Patrick was about. It's a long, difficult season every year <laughs> being a farmer. And I would imagine it's the same for numerous trades or occupations. Mine just happens to be farming. You've said so many incredibly wonderful and hopeful things. Thank you so much for taking the time after what undoubtedly has been a long week and will undoubtedly be a long weekend to talk to me, to talk to us. And it's just a very beautiful and hopeful message that you have. So I appreciate it. Well, I I, I thank you for including me in this this chronicle to share the experiences, which all of the wonderful interviews you've done so far have been really enlightening for me too. And I, I, I thank you for the opportunity yeah. to speak with you. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to The Way We Live Now. Tell us the way you're living now. We want to hear. Call us on, you might want to get a pen for this, 909-713-8995. That's 909-713-8995. And record your story, and we might just use it on the pod. Also, you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash the way we live now pod. We are creating a community here and we would love for you to join us. You can find me on Instagram at Danny Ryder. The Way We Live Now is a production of iHeartRadio. It's produced by Lowell Berlanti. Beth Ann Macaluso is executive producer. Special thanks to Tristan McNeil and Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.